0: Welcome. You are listening to Otherwise, Wisdom from the Other, a variety podcast dedicated to empowering diverse communities living in Treaty 6 territory by sharing stories of their lived experience. Otherwise is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. On behalf of the Otherwise team, Happy New Year. I hope 2019 brings lots of growth and gratitude. On January 18th at 4.30 p.m., the Otherwise team is having a World Cafe at the Singmar Center for Learning, located on 102-15108 Street Northwest. The event is intended to begin the year with celebrations and knowledge sharing. We hope to see you there.
1: These veins run blood from Africa. Right. See, I was born in Africa. Right. I was fed Africa. Okay. Then I was torn from Africa. Parents fed up with Africa, so we fled Africa. Okay. Landed in a land far, far from Africa, and we have long forgotten that we are not from Africa. What? We are Africa. Right. Remember, we come from a land where we were once kings and queens, where the trees use their vines and leaves as rosary. There are water beds embedded with the essence of life. And while the heavy I count sheep, the dormant souls of our ancestors resting in the Atlantic are cared on riverbeds back home. And they say that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Then would it not be vain for us to take our customs back since we put the art in artery? There is no reason to go searching for my history in hidden caves or baked clay buried deep. It's visible on my face, the way I carry myself the proverbs of my people, the scarification of the forehead of the these tribes, the shapes of a women's bodies that mimic all the geographical differences of Africa, and the colorful cloth like a rainbow bending backwards to tie the beauty together. I swear God must have etched my being into its core because my soul is drawn to Africa. And I wait the days I can sit back and overdose on Africa. Many have fallen into the traps of asking me if I am from Africa. I say, hush. Yes. I am Africa. <laughs> wow. Don't tell me what you read because I am a manuscript written in African, so read my lips and my body language. And if you are ever confused, ask for translation. Because I don't understand how you might misinterpret bare feet kissing ground as barbaric past. My oral tradition as a mere clicking of tongue. Where I am from, wisdom drips from the beards of the elders, and knowledge rests between their lips ready to create revolutions. Oh. And their philosophies are always willing to back them up. So I could care little about what you've been told, because we all know well enough that only shepherds should rely on what they heard. Right. Uh. Yes. Only shepherds should rely on what they heard. Where I am from, bloodlands or borders, neighbors or relatives, tribes or families, Africa is within us and with us. Therefore, I am 54 nations in one. Yep. And my mother is known as the cradle of life. I am not from Africa. I am Africa. Thank you.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Nomadic. Actually, it's Ahmed Ali, but I go by Nomadic. What you heard right there was a spoken word poem that I wrote in 2011 called I Am Africa. I wrote that poem as a statement. Somehow, amongst my peers, I became the African poet. There is this perception that racism and ignorance are always clear cut. Nope. I have a saying it goes the professional world is like mountain climbing the higher you get the wider and lonelier it becomes i'm just kidding of course but i use that metaphor deliberately when you are going mountain climbing you have to get prepared you have to put on gloves and gear just just anticipating that cold and my climb to the art as a career has been quite the same. I'm always reminded that I'm not of the mountains when they ask me "Where are you from?" But you best believe I'm always equipped with answers like "my mother's womb. But some days, I get caught off guard and catch pneumonia, and it's tough to overcome. This episode is a prelude for a series of conversations around art, culture, and heritage. I will be speaking to diverse artists and arts appreciators from around Edmonton. We will have conversations around questions like, what does art mean to you? What is the significance of art in your culture and what role does it play? And do you create or appreciate art currently? Now we know art is an essential component of all cultures, arts, culture, and heritage are inseparable. Our cultures influence our art and vice versa so why is it that when newcomers arrive art and culture get placed on the back burner throughout history art has been one of the key identifiers of past cultures most archaeological treasures are pieces of art listen to what physicist Neil deGrasse Tyson had to
2: say when I think of culture What do I think of? I think you visit other countries and then they show you what it is that makes them them and not you. And in almost every case you do this, you are looking at their art. You are looking at their architecture. You are looking at aspects of their civilization that has been empowered by science and engineering. And so for anyone to say, let us cut art, for anything else. Suppose they did that back in Renaissance Europe. What would, what would Europe be without the support and interest in a thriving culture of art? Throughout
0: these series of conversations, I hope to really dig deep, pun intended, to find the reasons why diversity is absent in most art scenes. The hustle is real when you're a newcomer. Especially when you have obligations like rent and learning your third, maybe even your fourth language. Creating or appreciating art just is not an option. Personally speaking, my parents arrived with four children, three suitcases, and a lot of optimism. They did everything to help us thrive, but art was never in the picture. The truth is, you were either thriving or you're surviving art as a hobby or career is for people who have the mental and financial capacity i would honestly consider myself an anomaly you know it may have taken me five years to learn the english language but fortunately i went to an art school where i got to join a theater program i volunteered for dance i played basketball after I graduated, I attended Humber College in Toronto's Lakeshore campus to study comedy, writing, and performance. When my parents found out, they did their best to talk me out of it and laugh. You know, it might have worked, but I was too passionate. It was weird because I was stuck between this weird position where my community thought it I was radical to think that art was a viable career option and then the art community thought that I was radical because I thought art was a viable career option. (laughs) But here I am. Now not only do I consider myself an artist, I make my living from it. I use art to bond with my family. We paint, we sing, we dance, we tell stories. Together. Art has become such an integral part of my identity that I can't see life... Without it, I honestly can't see myself in a different career, and because of that, it got me really curious to think what my father wanted me to become and what he thinks of me now. So I waited up until two a.m. to give him a call, all the way in Somalia. Assalamu alaikum, Abu.
3: Wa alaikum Asalaamu
0: wa Um, wa or, first, I should say it in English. I wanted to ask you when I said that I wanted to do poetry or comedy as my career, what did you think? So, so I How I marka Gabe, Arabe, subi, I I am not think a high, <laughs> i a a
3: Sorry.
0: What he said was, is that it made him happy because I was doing something that I loved and I was passionate about and he could see that passion and he saw that I was headstrong and that's what made him feel most happy is that I had a purpose and I use my purpose for good. Knowing that, I ask my father if it made him happy, and if people speak my name with respect. I I I I He said, it makes him extremely happy and that my name has even reached the village where I was from or where I came from or where my family comes from prior to moving to Mogadishu in the city. I may be an immigrant, I may be a refugee, a Muslim, an African, I may be black. However, I am extremely privileged. I make my income off of art. There are not even many Canadians who can comfortably say that they do that. I recognize that, but the journey here was not easy, nor is it easy now. There are always levels or mountains that you have to climb. And those mountains aren't necessarily only from the art community. Sometimes they even come from mine. An example of that is my uncle who always wants to know whether I graduated from university yet. And the thing is, He knows that I am successful in what I do, but to him, university still holds that level of clout because it's about that security financially, and I'm not going to knock my uncle. I understand exactly where he is coming from, but I don't think everybody has the capacity to see past another person's intention and value their own passion. I asked my father, I said, considering that art is such a significant um, or so important in our culture, why is it that when we come here, we just discard culture and art? I think muhimad the art, important art, important Somali,
3: Somali Somali, aday boojali shay, waa saat Somali ne, aday boojaliin. Anu madad Somali Somali I don't know
0: why I'm not sure why I'm why or am not sure why I'm not sure why why i The not sure why
3: i why I'm not sure why I'm
0: my father was mentioning how a lot of us are refugees and that could be a contributing factor. He is unaware of why Canadian Somalis disregard art but he said previous generations really valued it. He almost guarantees that if I was to take my art to Somai right now, I would be held with high regard, and I would be welcomed with open arms, with a lot of respect and dignity. And it's funny how it works that way. It goes to show that the reason diverse artists rarely exist in art scenes are layered. But the truth is, even if a diverse artist wanted to enter the scene, there is the challenge of equity and inclusion. Before we even venture into the art community, let us talk about the type of art and artists we learn in school. Representation is important to identity and self-worth. And school often provide zero representation. When you see, read, or hear someone who looks and sounds like you, you are more inclined to participate and soak in the knowledge. Artist Mark Marvin hits this point eloquently in his TED talk called Represent Diversity and Equity in Arts Education.
2: I started to doubt myself. I took a look at all of my professors and all of the artists at so many animation studios, and it hit me. There's not a lot of black artists in the industry. So I started thinking, there's no way I could do this. So I go into my senior year wondering, what am I going to do? I was panicking, I was upset, I was all over the place. But something strange happened. An artist named Donovan Howard applied to teach illustration at JU. So I went to his portfolio presentation and I was absolutely blown away. I mean, his work was amazing. He was an animator at Disney and he worked on Treasure Planet, Fantasia 2000, and The Emperor's New Groove. And not only was all of his work phenomenal, but he's a black guy like me. So I said, wait, wait. Wait. We're going to have a black professor who's an artist, and he's legit. Oh, you know what? I can't graduate this year. I'm sorry. We have to <laughs> postpone that. I have to learn from this guy. And it was at that moment that I knew I could pursue my dreams as an artist. I mean, if he could do it, I knew I had a shot. I had a role model. And this is why I believe that diversity and equity in arts education is important.
0: I spoke to my sister-in-law who studied musical theater in Florida about her experiences. She was born here in Edmonton, but her mother is a Vietnamese refugee who fled the war and arrived to Canada as a refugee. So I wanted to know if being Asian made a difference and if her mother supported her artistic endeavors.
4: Well, I went to grade school, elementary school in Canada, and everyone... In my class, there was so there was so much diversity, and I did I took it for granted. There was Megan who her family came from Ireland. There was Cara Monica; she was half Romanian, half um, Filipino. Ryan Pagliaro was from Italy. You know my best friend Sarah; she was she was from Portugal. And you just grew up with so much. I grew up with so much diversity and getting to know these people at a young age. And then when I moved to Florida for middle school. Everyone was either white, black, Mexican, and I was mm-hmm. the only Asian mm-hmm. in my class mostly. And mm-hmm. I was just shocked. Cause I was like, "Wow, this is, this is different," you know.
0: Did you have any instructors that were diverse?
4: Both my mentors for theater were white. And I'm, I'm thinking about it now, and it's crazy though. When you said it affects you, like being in an environment that isn't ethnically diverse. I think it. I I don't know if it affected my acting or my singing. At all, but I know it affected my personal personality because I remember growing up and thinking I would think to myself, "I don't think he likes me because I'm Asian. I don't yeah. think he likes Asians." Yeah. But then I've also found myself on the flip side where I've taken advantage of the
0: token, the token situation. Yeah.
4: yeah, being ethnically diverse, so like going into schools and applying for scholarships. It's like those things you kind of take advantage of for being ethically diversity. you know
0: you check off the box yeah when I first started poetry my older brother put it in my head that when I went into a space that was honestly I think the median age was around 40 to 50 and they were all older white people my brother said they're not going to understand you and I didn't know what he meant at first but as I got older I understood is because my lived experiences are different than Uh, their lived experiences and it did happen when I started to attend more events eventually I became the African poet and I had never and I had never written about Africa at that time so all of a sudden here I am now I'm conscious that I'm an African poet yet I'm not the one going around going hey what up bird poet or river poet hey what up mountain poet it's that yeah. as soon as you begin, or if I was to say, hey, why are you calling me African poet? That's kind of discriminatory. That's it. I'm done as an artist because then they don't want me around anymore because I'm right. this diverse artist who's always worried about inclusion. You know, so it's, it's, right. it's tricky. While speaking to Natasha, she said something that I wholeheartedly agree with. I don't think that going into things
4: I ever thought like, oh, it's, I don't have a chance because I'm Asian. I think it's because of hard work, dedication, and the time and commitment that you put into your art that makes you good. Like you keep getting better. You but you need to actively be trying to do those things. So for me I don't I don't think that it really affected me pursuing it or not pursuing me being Asian, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Nowadays too people are becoming more conscious. I was watching Mulan, or watching Mulan the other day and I was thinking like the Asian prince was casted as Donnie Osmond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, I feel like that wouldn't fly because, like you know, for for example, Moana now, Moana is actually casted by a a Hawaiian uh, native,
0: and they have the music from Hawaii. They have people who did the dress from Hawaii. So you're right. Yep.
4: And so it's I think they're more conscious now because I'm like, I feel like that would not fly anymore. And even the song, the song,
0: remember the song did they send me daughters when i asked
4: and i feel like with art too there's no right or wrong answer so one thing you say to a group of people it can only resonate with three or four people but that's what why you need diversity that's why people have a following you know because what you say and what you do and how you act or how you sing Resonates with specific people, and if it's all the same type of people, then you're not gonna. And what if they don't resonate with it, yeah. resonate with it? You that's know, it. that's
0: exactly it. Do you feel that your mother a contributed or um, hindered your progression as as an artist? Do you feel her uh, challenges coming to Canada and the United States really hindered or even stopped you from being where you wanted?
4: No, because I think that she definitely did not hinder. I think she helped progress my career or whatever career it was you know she's at. She gave me the strong foundations to be an artist if I wanted to, but she basically gave me a choice when I went to this art school in high school it was like an arts academy so it's a magnet school. and she said, if this is what you want to do, if you, if this is what you want your career to be, then we're going to do it. But then we're going to have to take double up on voice classes. We're going to take another g- like dance lessons and you're basically not going to have a life, but we're going to do it if you want this. Or you could do this as a hobby and you can have a high school, you know, a, a regular high school life. You can go out with your friends, you can can be a cheerleader as well you know she gave me these two options she's like but if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it or you're gonna keep it as a hobby so then I basically made the choice to be to where it was just a hobby for me and that I wanted to kind of have the best of both worlds I thought so she helped me progress and she paid for all my lessons and every private lesson every anything I wanted to do she would always do for me you know yeah. every costume. So, no, I don't think she hindered me at all. I think the only thing is she wouldn't want me to have a career in theater because she knew that it was a telling career. She knew that, yeah, you can live in New York, you can work your ass off, but you're also going to be a bartender for your whole life. And back back then, I thought that was the work. I was like, wow, well, I don't want to be a bartender my whole life. I don't want to mm-hmm. be doing... you know. And I just thought it was... The ultimate fail almost you know i just i didn't want to let her down yeah. i wanted to i wanted to be successful and for me success was money centric and i so i think in that sense a little bit but not yeah.
0: not because of diversity or not because of the struggles she faced you got very lucky honestly and I, i'm very thankful as well my parents even though they were like no oh, you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do this they were never like we, we will never talk to you again if you do this or like if this is your choice then don't it was always like hey please go become a doctor become an engineer and i explained to them lately i said listen money does not equate happiness for me so i just want to say thank you uh, natasha for uh, taking this call there are factors that we don't recognize play against us at times and that is the whole purpose of this series is to really dig deep and find out the reasons why there is an absence of diversity and equity in art scenes I am doing this series not only as a way of investigation, but to also empower the community so that we could collectively find strategies to circumvent this. Because if we want to establish ourselves as diverse entities and uh, diverse artists, we must bring our culture and our art with us. Otherwise, there's a stagnation that happens and our youth lose their identity. I'd like to thank my father and also my sister-in-law, Natasha Ponciano. Please make sure to go check out Natasha's Instagram and her website. Her website is www.natashagetslost.com and her Instagram is Natasha underscore gets lost. She describes herself as a traveling yogi. Her journeys are always interesting and reflective of someone who is grounded. Please don't forget that on the 18th of January, the Otherwise team is holding a World Cafe in the Singmar Center for Learning, located at 10215 108 Street Northwest. That again is on January 18th at 4.30pm. Thank you very much for listening. This episode was produced by myself, Nomadic, a.k.a. Amit Ali. Kazmega made our theme music. I'd like to thank our partners, Ribbon Rouge Foundation, Confident Camel, The Breath and Poetry, and Generation Shift. Our show is generously supported by the Edmonton Heritage Council. OTHERWISE is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATV. To learn more about our show, visit www.otherwiseshow.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OTHERWISESHOW to stay in touch. If you like our show, please share and leave a review on Apple Podcast, Google, Stitcher, spotify or wherever you may get your podcasts ratings are always a surefire way to get us heard and please keep in mind how we share stories is as important as who shares them have a wonderful day